1: Welcome to the Elk Shape Podcast with me, Dan the Fitness Man Staten. This podcast is dedicated to blue-collar, hard-working public land elk hunters. We preach hard work, delayed gratification, discipline, and staying accountable to yourself. We value faith, family, fitness, fiscal discipline, and of course, public land elk hunting. So come along as we try to educate, motivate, and inspire you to become the best possible version of yourself. Our podcast is brought to you by Wilderness Athlete, performance you deserve, fuel your body with the best, use our discount code ELKSHAPE30 and save 30% off your first purchase. We are also brought to you by NUMA Outdoors, geared for the outdoors, made with bow hunters in mind, built to over-deliver, and most importantly, designed to outperform. Check out NUMAoutdoors.com and be sure to use the discount code ELKSHAPE20 to save 20% off your purchase. Matthew's Archery. Elevating the archery experience. Take a test drive with the Matthews V331 or 27 at a local dealer near you. Vortex Optics. I've been partnered with Vortex since 2010. This company is awesome. They're American owned, veteran owned. They're based in Wisconsin. Their entire team of designers and engineers produce and distribute a complete line of premium sport optics, accessories, and apparel. Most of the apparel that I wear while training, scouting, and hanging out around the house. Is Vortex Wear. Go ahead and check it out. And if you want to save 20%, enter the discount code Elkshape at checkout and you'll save 20%. New from Vortex in 2021 is their tripods. The one I've been using in the backcountry is their Summit Carbon 2, and their Radiant Carbon. And it also has a ball leveling head, and it's perfect for rock solid shooting. There's a tripod to fit everyone's needs from Vortex now, and it's still covered with their lifetime, no-fault, transferable VIP warranty. Check it out at vortexoptics.com. Welcome to the Out Shape Podcast. Me, Dan the Fitness Man, today's podcast was recorded in Salt Lake City, Utah, over about four IPAs per person. Dirk Durham, Jeff Bynum, me, Dan Staten. Uh, we're talking about pretty much the vibe of the camp, but also just some really good golden nuggets here. Um, this is the, mo- the my favorite part of this whole podcast is when we start talking about how to hunt guilt-free, how to tip the scales, how to be a better spouse, how to be a better partner, how to be just a better human being. Um, audio-wise, for some reason, my mic sucked on this podcast, so... When you hear me, I'm basically talking through those other two guys' mic. So I hope it doesn't require you to turn the volume up and down the entire time. I did do some extra things in post to try to get it super solid, but uh, just giving you a warning: this isn't my best work. But hey, uh, I own that. And uh, without further ado, this is the Oak Shape Podcast, talking to my homies from Oak Shape Camp, Dirk the Bugler Durham and Bynum Life Jeff Bynum. <music>
2: It's good. good. I need you to re-record over that.
1: Yeah. Um, can you guys put on one more day of Elk Shaped Camps? One more day. Can I? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Can Can I? Yeah. I I like, will, will Will you I? let me? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I get to. You get to. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: Okay. Dude, this has been fun. This has been a super great camp. Um. What makes
1: this camp different than say some of the other ones?
3: <laughs> the vibe, man. Yeah. I, I don't know They're if hungry. it's. When we set the stage with dropping an F word, you know, yeah. in your in your big motivational speech, yeah. or if if it was the speech that got them going, I did or, have a
1: good <clears> opening. <throat> I wish we'd record it.
3: That was that was solid. Everybody kind of like let their guard down as far as being like, "We're gonna sit here quietly," and everybody just kind of. I don't know. It was cool.
1: It's like we have all been together before. Yeah. Like
3: all friends. It was a friend vibe and everybody was joking around and having a good time and lots of laughs and everybody was just being sponges, right? Mm -hmm. They were all intent on learning, which, and then there was none of that like, yeah, well I heard one time this guy on the internet said, la, la, la. Mm -hmm. And you know We might've shut that down a few times. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We kind of talked about that stuff too, but, um. Man, these
2: guys are just eager beavers and just a good vibe and it's been fun. I I could see hanging out around a fire with most of these dudes here. And and the gals, the yeah, the gals, the Jessicas, they're Jessica. legit. They are legit. So They're all um, in. They're just like they're all
3: in. They've yeah. made that commitment yep. to be a better hunter, a better elk hunter. Well, Everybody has. Jessica
1: their... uh Her last name starts to E. Edwards. Jessica Edwards? Yeah. Are you sure? Yes. She set the stage for us. Yeah. So, at the beginning of camp, we do introductions. We have these folks stand up in front of a room full of strangers, including us, and tell us their name and where they're from. And then, cut to the chase, tell me why you signed up and came here. Like, really, what's your why? And she kind of, like, hit it out of the park. um, The way that she articulated the fact that, hey, I'm... i'm jessica i've never hunted in my life covid hit i've been addicted to crossfit of all things i live in california and i i love doing hard things and i i like the whole paleo get the meat like the real fresh perfect protein yeah. the way i intended it i kind of like that narrative and uh, i looked up hunting and then i found out that you could go backcountry hunting and it was hard and then I, that you could actually kill an elk with a bow. And she's like, I think she said, that's that's why I came to this camp. Like I needed, COVID came, my gym got shut down and I wanted something, like yeah. some way to do hard shit. Yep. And I found that this was really hard and I want to do it. I was like, wow. Cause uh, the whole time this camp, I've been telling folks, I'm not selling you. I'm not here to sell you anything, but what elk hunting actually is. And it's hard work. Yeah, That's all it is.
2: Yeah, I think people come, they they think, oh, "I'm gonna get that tip or trick." Like, no, it's not a tip or trick. It's a dedication. You gotta you gotta organize your life around this and leverage that reward, leverage that journey. And uh, she gets it. She does.
1: She's gonna crush it. So she's she's fit. She actually shoots a bow really really well for someone who's never picked up a bow before. Um, and she's like like a she hasn't been jaded by any other narrative like she's like a fresh brand new like clay ready to be molded Mm -hmm. super humble and that's the vibe or the or the culture at this camp it's like who are we we are a bunch of people that want to get better and we want to sharpen iron with iron that's kind of the culture i've felt the whole entire time
2: i mean maybe maybe it's because we're in utah but i feel like these people are here and they are prepared to soak as much as they possibly can
1: that's definitely what they do in utah and uh, they're uh not all from utah we got folks from arizona and california and washington and nevada Idaho, nevada all over there's yeah. only
3: a few uh utonians uh, what are you Utah tart oh U- no U-t- i don't know what you call you folks from utah utonians i guess uh look it up google it <laughs>
1: Uh, I, 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 I want to talk about the Baku Center, the Weber Creek, you can't hear me, time out. So the Baku Center, Weber Creek, Weber County Archery Center, and Baku got the naming rights, it's called the Baku Center, and it's in Ogden, and I love people in Ogden, but I'm here to tell you, Ogden's not like the most glorified place If you live in Salt Lake City, like, a lot of people just avoid Ogden for whatever reason. Um, But I don't think a lot of people know about this archery center. Uh, They've got a bunch of grants. they got a bunch of sponsorships from, like, Hoyt and Easton and Baku. And I did not expect what we stumbled upon. A giant parcel of acreage where you can go shoot outdoors. And then you walk in indoors, and it's like... Wall-to-wall, archery targets, 3D, block targets. You can shoot out to seven, 65, 70 yards with amazing lighting year-round. Like, does does everybody in Utah know about this place? They
3: have 160 acres of ground. Really? Yeah. They have 280-acre parcels.
1: It's legit. I mean, if you are into archery, you should probably come check out this place. It's It's insane. And I think it's just ran by the state it's like a parks and rec, parks and rec. Mm-hmm. yeah
2: and then there's kyle douglas
1: oh. then there's that <laughs> totally forgot about him he's probably winning asa right now you know what i mean like um kyle douglas he's done podcast twice been hanging out with his dad all weekend long um senior sean douglas mrs douglas you guys are awesome people mm-hmm. um, salt got, of the earth type salt of the earth and they got this little archery shop in there and Turns out this world champion archer is the guy who runs it and works on people's bows. I Who's really... got time for that? That's amazing. Oh my gosh! And so Kyle Douglas is probably winning ASA right now as we speak. The second leg, he's yep. in the shootout. Yep. He was. Uh, it was four guys that shoot for Matthews, and one guy shoots for PSE. Kyle Douglas. Which I'm not surprised about. You guys are in there, just saying, I'm just saying, those not there. But uh,
3: but who's winning? I mean, um, let's just listen. Who's winning? He just
1: won Vegas second time in a row. All right, and hmm. uh, that's what I'm talking about. I don't know. Back, who really wanted us to come back for next year?
2: They were they were thirsty. Like, and the hospitality here has been off the chart. Like, I did I, honestly. I've I've kind of gotten. We've we've had some bad experiences with uh, with archery shop owners in a couple. I mean, it
3: wasn't like
1: a lot, but you mm-hmm. know, bad apples. Most of yeah. them are good. Yeah, actually, it, most of them are. So, but the cream does rise to the top. Some <clears throat> archery shops are way way better. Yes, They're more dialed, way more knowledgeable, and they know how to. They know how to take advantage of the camp. We're yeah. sitting here. These people are ready to upgrade equipment, get bows tuned and timed, and upgrade strings and rests and sights to come out west.
2: Yeah. And it's it's been exciting because I think that there are locations right now that are just absolutely over the top with elk-shaped camps. And they are they are already just beating down our doors, begging for camps next year, going above and beyond. And it really makes it exciting. Like next year's camps, I, I can't even wait. I, I'm exhausted. This has been like the marathon of all marathons of camps. March was insane i couldn't even imagine for you you've been at tack and adding on extra trips and stuff but uh next year it's gonna be wild it's gonna be so much fun
1: well dirk was the kind of the guy who campaigned to do super camps and i don't know why you call them super camps but we've been doing 20 to 32 is the most we've done yep the mean attendees 25 is probably your mean average right folks at a camp mm-hmm. and it's been good but we have more capacity Especially when we do the stations and the rotations. Um, so if we're especially
3: being- when we, you know, collab with our good friends like Joel Turner, no, oh, mm-hmm. Bob yeah. Williger, hey Bob, Jermaine Hodge. I mean, oh yeah, there's some opportunity to expand this for more people to attend.
1: Yeah, we had Iron Will Bill at one camp. Iron Wheel. Bill oh my in gosh. Knowledge. Yeah, dude's a yeah, genius. That- We've had Aaron Snyder come to camps before and talk about backcountry gear. So, we just need to figure out how to bring everybody together and just do a few camps.
3: Yeah. Not so many. Right. Super camps. I don't want to... I mean, I love these camps. Seven camps. It's been tough. I, I only missed one of them. But it's been tough on the old schedule. Yeah. And I feel like if we can condense them down... And I keep saying, four camps, Dan. And he keeps saying, okay, four. And then, but then five. And then today well, I heard you say another, wait, maybe we could do this other idea. Yeah, you threw in another we're camp. We're I was like,
1: we're <laughs> doing four super camps. That's a fact. And I will do one small camp in my hometown. Because Josh Jones, MFJJ, Spokane Valley Archery, is like offended that I didn't do a camp in Spokane this year. And I was just like, man, I'm the hometown. I'm not a hometown hero. Like People don't care about me in my hometown, right? Naturally, people don't care about you in your hometown. Right, but, exactly. But I do, I do feel very comfortable in Spokane that I can go to his shop. and we, yeah. He's got an amazing 3D course, and I have my old gyms there. So it's dialed. It can just be a smaller, intimate camp. Put that aside. Yeah. We should do four, at most, super camps. And take them from two and a half days or two and a fourth day to three full days. Okay. I don't think that will wear people out, and then add more, a uh, more time to have community stuff. Like we eat, we break bread together after camp. We do like barbecues. We bring in, we bring in the food to us. Mm-hmm. Maybe we do crack a few IPAs like we're doing right now, and we kind of let our hair down, if you will, and yeah. kick it. And that's the stuff that we're missing at these camps. Is that. That fun stuff, a bonfire, whatever, a campfire, and hang out and get that camp atmosphere. That's what we're missing. And so we're, we're talking about going three days. The information we can cover in three days, we'll, it'll never be enough. No. Elk hunting is a lifetime <laughs> yeah. journey.
3: We could do this for four days and we still can. like be like, oh, but we forgot to tell them about this. Or <laughs> we just never got to that one thing.
1: Yeah. 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 But we do have these camps pretty dialed at where they're at right now. Oh, yeah. I'm very pleased that we have one more day left in this camp. And we we stayed late on Friday. Like we took, we said, we, we'll have, we'll be done by seven. We didn't get done until eight. And then today I had to cut us off when we were over quite a bit. I was like, we got to, sh- like, but we're just trying to cram as much in, right? Because the whole goal is to shave years or seasons off these folks' learning curve. And let's be honest, COVID, COVID brought some new hunters to the game.
2: Yep, Yeah, for real. I think it was cool today, you know, where we you were talking about changing the agenda and we send out an agenda before every camp. And then we get there and we meet the campers and we immediately start shifting to their needs. And the campers saw that today. Like they, there was a moment today where they're like, Hey, thank you for speaking to where we are at in our evolution as elk hunters. And, uh, and we focused on the things they need to be focused on. Um, And, and so that was, that's cool. Um, I think next year we need to spend a fair amount of time pre camp with campers really digging in and try to, trying to align where they're at and almost almost have them broken up in our groups. Like well,
1: definitely have them broken up. Like today we broke them up based on just raise your hand if you've never put a diaphragm call in your mouth. One half raised their hand, and that was easy. I was like, cool, you guys are with Dirk first, and you're going to get more time than the other group, and you're going to take on the baby birds. And, yeah. I mean, how did it go?
3: It was awesome. It was awesome. Um, we only had one person in this Out of the whole 20, how many did we have? 22? Yeah. We only had one person that could not use a diaphragm. And that was a physicality thing. You know, she had a very uh, deep um, palate, and the air would blow right over the top of the diaphragm and just would not seal, wouldn't make a dang noise whatsoever. So, and she's one of the hardest workers here, right? She's like hungry, working so hard to try to do this stuff. And it's like, oh man, I really see, I've, I feel really like bad for folks that, that want to do it so bad, but then like they have that physical limitation. But the good thing is with some cool calls we got coming out at Phelps this year, we're going to have her and other folks have that same thing going on covered. So, but that, it'll be but awesome. that
2: experience right there that she had is just invaluable because she could be buying calls and practicing all summer to never make a good call. And she worked with, like, arguably the best caller in the world right now to say, hey, you need to focus on made me this style. You a little bit. I know. I,
1: know. <laughs> I, <can't. laughs> I think that's powerful. And um, she also got to, same girl, I mean, she's got to shine, too. We did shoot in a dress today. And I've talked about this several times on this podcast, but when I, I helped start trying to hunt in 2010 with Kent and Claremont mm-hmm. when we started growing our best is when we decided to do train to hunt competitions. Everyone likes competition. It's a good way to like a measuring stick to see where you're at the your camaraderie. Some people just straight up have, need something to train for. Um, all this benefited you in the mountains. It was cool when it was a cool name and it was one of the, it was the first thing I, that I know of. Um, and so we did old school salute to train to hunt today. We did like a little mini train to hunt course, um kind of my style probably not how it was last but like we don't touch the upper body we don't do burpees we don't do push-ups you don't do that in the mountains you walk around at a high heart rate with a backpack and with heavy legs
3: that's a really good point
1: yeah you know you have heavy legs there's blood in your legs and you're looking for oxygen and so the quickly the court and by the way the setup at the center was like i've never been able to send the entire camp In through the course at the same time. That was like the first and it was awesome. And it was safe. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was surprised because we only did, uh, we did a sprint, shoot, a sprint, 20 squats with your body weight, no backpack, a sprint, 20 lunges in place, hold your bow back for a minute and shoot. There was people at this camp that were struggling on the lunges, Mm -hmm. having to stop because muscles were failing. And, uh, I'm here to tell you, uh, tomorrow, Sunday is going to be a bad day for you. Like, you don't mean like, so it's a wake up call. Like, Oh my gosh. And then even the people that were in shape have no exposure to a high pressure shot with a high heart rate and trying to still settle in. Uh, I love having that component at our camp and showcasing kind of the steps it takes not having Joel Turner at this camp sucks. To be honest with you, like I'm not an archery coach. You're not an archery coach, Jeff. You're not an archery coach.
2: I barely know how to shoot a damn bow, so <laughs> I'll, I'll go. You own a bow? Oh, I, I do. It's uh, yeah, from 1938.
1: <laughs> so, so it's really like it's nice to have archery coaches, uh, ones with technique, and then ones with the mental side. Joel covers mm-hmm. the mental side, and and uh, it's not really that big of a deal to win the mini train to hunt challenge with you know, rattlesnake, target panic, punch the trigger. And then we're trying to teach them how to have a controlled shot process. So some of the campers, I'm quite honestly telling them, hey, this, this shooting and address stuff's cool, but you're not ready for that yet. You're yeah. just going to basically compound your target panic and make it, you're going to dig a deeper hole. So you get to go sign up for Joel Turner's Shot IQ course and work on that. And once you kind of get that figured out and sort out your demons, and you can shoot controlled shots, and then you can integrate the shooting and address. All that is to say is I was really impressed with some of the people shooting today at the high heart rate. that had never done it before.
2: Yeah, holy smokes. I uh, the guy who won it? I, I watched him do it, and I sat there, and I told uh, Brian from Baku, I'm like, yeah, he's hauling ass, but um, it's really going to depend on his shooting. And then he shot two 12s and a 10.
1: Yep, with and the high heart rate. And the last shot was a 12, Yeah, and that's when he was at the highest heart rate, and he had to hold your bow back for a minute. So y'all listen, if you haven't done a bunch of like maybe two minutes of anaerobic work and then go pull your bow back and hold it for a full minute and then make a really good shot and i hammered it into all those guys i was like okay when we say green light you've held it for a minute it's time to shoot that bow better not just go off like you need to that's when you start your shot process
2: that was good coaching yeah
1: um what's that guy's name who won it
2: Oh, what was his name? He
1: had a really good beard. Uh, yeah. What, um, Who was he? He's a decent tattoo artist. Yeah. Like, maybe uh, mediocre, but yeah. decent. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not going to give him a shout out because he was so cocky about wearing it. <laughs> he was talking so much shit to everybody the God. rest of the day. You
3: um, know what? I What I love about the shooting under, under duress and what I like I love about the first night when you line everybody up and you say, Hey, uh, you said... Your maximum effective range is 60 yards or 80 yards or whatever they wrote down. Okay, now we're going to have you prove it in front of everybody. Okay, those two things.
1: With no warm-up.
3: With no warm-up. And those two, like the physicality or the high-pressure situation with all eyes on me shooting. it. What I love about that at these camps is you've said it a hundred times. Like you're a rock star in your backyard, whatever, yada, yada, yada. You come out of your little comfortable comfort zone mm-hmm. and you have to perform, I think that's a big eye-opener for a lot of folks, which I think you start talking about ethics of archery and people start throwing around yardages and frontal shots and all this other shit, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. This is where the rubber meets the road. Right. This is going to expose what you think and in your mind, you know, you that's just what you think, you know, is is Right. And the shot you can make until somebody proves you wrong. And sometimes getting punched in the face or shown the light, until somebody shows you the light, you may go take those risky shots. But I feel like this is, I feel like we're doing some really good stuff here by showing people the light and letting them understand. It's like, okay, I'm not quite as good as I think I am in my backyard that and th- and they told me that and then they showed me that. And now I'm going to take better I shots. Them. I believe them and I, mm-hmm. and I'm going to take better shots in the woods. I, th- I don't, I, I, you know, obviously it shows them, you know, their weaknesses of where they need to improve, but it also gives them that humility to be like, okay, I need to make, I need to rethink my shots that I'm going to take on a living animal
1: mm-hmm. and
3: my whole ethical idea. You know, some of the people that raise their hands on the frontal shot.
1: What question did you ask? Him?
3: I said, "How many of you would take a frontal shot on a bullet?" And not very many did. And let him. Let them said no. But one of the guy, one of the guys in particular, he raised his hand like right off, like, "Oh, I will." Well, and, I that and that gentleman, and that gentleman has no, he has no bit, you know, he has no business shooting a frontal shot.
1: And we're going to interrupt this podcast for a quick little message from Black Rifle Coffee Company. These guys make amazing coffee here in the U.S. and they're veteran-owned and they're proudly American and unapologetic. I appreciate that. If you guys are interested in joining their coffee club or picking up maybe some swag ready to drinks or check out that new flying elk roast flavor use the discount code elk shape and that'll save you 15 percent also kufaru international this is the backpack of choice for elk hunters i use the hoodlum or the 44 mag you guys need to check out kufaru international if you are serious about packing out large loads of perfect protein off the mountain head over to kufaru.net to learn more we're also brought to you by onyx hunt the number one hunting GPS app. I've pretty much gone away from using an old school GPS. Obviously, I still carry like an inReach, but all my hunting maps are stored and executed with the Onyx. This is the fastest downloading offline maps out there, as well as the most resilient, bulletproof. Not going to crash on you when you need it most. I run tracking most days while elk hunting, and I found Onyx to be the most reliable hunting GPS app out there. Check it out today. And finally, Baku e-bikes. These are e-bikes made for hunters by hunters. This is a game changer for elk hunting as well as bear hunting, checking your tree stand trail cams, getting in and out quietly. I rock the mule. Use the discount code ELKSHAPE to knock $300 off your purchase. And if you do that, you might as well just go ahead and apply that discount towards a folding cargo trailer so you can put your elk quarters and haul them out back to the truck. He, um, and I'm not going to say his name, but he told me after today, he's like, dude, I'm the guy you've been talking about all weekend. He's like, if we were in my backyard right now, I'd be out shooting everybody. I have never, ever shot in front of people. He's like the first shot when we first met on Friday was the hardest my heart's ever been beating in front of like, to, to make And I, he's like, I literally punched the trigger. That same guy today, I tricked him. I told him, he, he's, pretty, he's got a nice little knock to it, release. He's, very, he's got a setup. like He's got a very expensive setup. He's spent time behind the bow. But he's a target panic, trigger punch in full. right But he hides it very well. I grabbed a different handheld. I took my allens and I cinched it down. It was not going to go off he didn't know that and I'm like hey man try this release he pulls it back he gets settled and he's like just like the giantest flinch he's ever said oh, and he didn't oh, let down yeah and so he kept at it and then he's like settling settling and he's just like the and he just flinched everything flinched and then he lets down and he's like dude I don't I'm like you're punching the trigger man like you're trying to activate. you're telling that thing when to go off you have a pre-ignition response and it's right there he saw the light bulb worked through it got him just, so he, he came to camp. He's killed several elk. Right. He's got way more means than most of the people at this camp. He's right. hunted a lot of private ranch, expensive elk hunts right. in my book. He's killed some elk, but he still wants to get better. And he's like the oldest guy here. You have to respect that. And I have to respect that he's is humble. Yeah. He said, we, we checked in today with everybody at camp publicly. We said, stand up, tell us where you're at. How's your feelings feeling? And he was like, I'm feeling humbled and that was really cool because when you mm-hmm. humble yourself you actually can now be exalted and that's like that's straight biblical so it was really cool to see that and uh, and I think,
3: you can and you can get better too yes. when you humble yourself and you say yeah i i suck at whatever or i need to improve it whatever what it's like anything you have to identify and you have to admit before you can ever
2: move forward from that here's it like you changed my archery game this weekend I, and, and maybe you've said this at other camps, maybe not, I don't know, but you talked about how the backyard hero can always make, make their shots, and you said you'd rather see people take five uh, well-executed, intentional, perfect shots. And I thought about it, and up until right after lunch today, um, that's all the arrows that people had shot, was five arrows. Right. Five arrows, and their world was rocked. Yep. And I was like, holy crap, that's, that's what it takes it takes that level of determination and intention in your practice to be a master of this game. And, and, uh, and so I hope people take that away. I hope they see that because like that, that, that kicked me right where it counted. Like I, I, I love going in the backyard. Just, yeah, I'll take 30 shots, whatever, get in some reps. And I'm probably practicing my own failure.
1: That's incredible. And we're going to, I want to circle back because we have a YouTube video coming out on Shape where Joel Turner, Got to work with you and I want yeah. to like do behind the scenes. But first, along those lines, I learn at every camp. In fact, I feel like I have an unfair advantage. Because when you teach something, you know it. Yeah. And when you guys are teaching, I'm learning, I'm picking up every time and every guest subject matter expert. And I learned something today or yesterday when Sean Douglas, this is Kyle Douglas's father, is up there, and he was actually nervous. To talk to this crowd in the beginning. Were you there for that? Okay. Yeah. He was like legitimately kind of nervous, but he kind of settled in. He said something that was like, he called my name and, he, and you guys probably didn't pick this up, but he was like, most people like shooting 3d targets. You know, there's not a real specific thing. You can't see a specific spot. You kind of can blurt out and you just kind of know where to aim. He's like, that's not going to make you better. He's like, sign up for indoor league yeah. and go shoot paper and go aim at dots. And that was like, oh, dude, you're calling my name because I hate shooting Vegas. Mm -hmm. I've actually never done a full Vegas round. Never. I hate it. I'm like, I don't want a target boat. Well, I don't need to shoot a Vegas round with a target boat. I should go grab my my hunting rig, Mm -hmm. enter a bow hunters class, and actually measure how Mm -hmm. many times can I be a robot in 30 shots. Yep. Straight up. And the numbers don't lie. The paper don't lie. Foam kind of lies to you because you're like, oh, I, I hit a 10, but...
2: Yeah, that was high lung. That was low lung. Oh, look at that! that a That's, shot. A shot. Yeah. That's a heart shot. shot. Yeah, lung, liver. Yeah, I'll pull the gut shot that. out right, and then right. take a picture of right. the I, the eights.
1: Maybe you've done winter league.
3: I did it one time, and I'm gonna sign up again. I drugged my feet. I scream. I, I did not want to do it. I I do not like to shoot in front of people. Yeah, mm. it annoys. I I have I have this thing where mm-hmm. I feel like I. You know, that whole like, kind of like what I told Joel
1: Yes. is,
3: you know, all eyes on me. I just need to hurry up and get rid of this arrow because people are waiting on me to shoot, right? I got yeah. this weird thing, um, which made me focus, slow down, not give a shit about anybody else there, but making my shot. I don't mm-hmm. care if everybody's done been shooting and I'm the last guy to shoot. I'm not rushing my shot. I'm going to take my time and have a good, clean break. And it helped me a lot. And... If you said, okay, well, how do you score that, those three little dots and where you shot and all that? I'd be like, I don't know. My partner, he scored everything. (laughs) I didn't really want to learn all that stuff. But what I did learn is doing something you don't like to do, trying something hard, something you suck at, made me better. Mm -hmm. And that was like one February I did that. And everything I learned there, once the snow melted, carried over in the spring – I started shooting again. Right. I I took those habits with me to slow down and make a better methodical shot. It it carried on. So I need to do it again. Yeah. And I <clears throat> and I'm gonna hate every minute of like actually like walking through the door. But until and then once you walk through the door, it's like okay, this ain't that bad. And actually, you know, you get a little bit of camaraderie and stuff. Right. But that's still that whole this discomfort of all eyes on me. It's going to make me be a better shooter. And yeah. I, hey, I don't care how good you are. I think there's always room to improve.
1: Well, Jeff, you helped film that video, and I don't. I'm sure this video will be out by the time this podcast drops. So it's on YouTube, guys. Check it out, Joel Turner coaching Dirk. We we're going to give behind the scenes of that because mm. what actually happened was like Dirk. Aced the test. Like we found uh, the whole thing oh, that you watch. Like okay. Aced
2: Did you see Dirk looking at the notes on his hand though? Oh, I guarantee he fasted. he he had notes like you know, no open loop shots and all this stuff on his hands. I know determination. Concentration. Yeah. He he oh. knew it was coming.
1: Like you <laughs> had like you were so well prepared for the exam, it was annoying. Like
3: I've I've listened to Joel talk on podcasts, I've watched some stuff on videos. Seen I've listened to him. Met him in person, but I want, I, was, I'm, I want to be better and I want to get better. And I listened to all that stuff. And then I tried to put it into practice with never, ever, you know, having him tell me to do it in person. Yeah. And I really wanted to do that. So he was like um, kind of disappointed. He was. Though. I could see it like <laughs> <sighs> kind of took a, <laughs> passed a lot of his tests right.
1: and you did really well. And, yeah. then, and then Dan went into YouTube mode and I was like, okay. Joel, you didn't really, like, you didn't F with Dirk very much during the shots. Like, you didn't tap his hat. He's gotten too nice. And, like, yeah, like, move it, like, your arrow all in, like, and mess with him. And I'm like, can you just do a couple, like, a little bit of that so I can put that in the beginning of the YouTube video mm-hmm. for you guys listening? I actually try to hook you into the YouTube video by giving you a really good intro mm-hmm. to it. So we hook you. We tell a story we have a call to action. Oh, that's our YouTube stuff. scandalous <laughs> like that's what we try to do on YouTube guys. That's a secret sauce. That's a secret, mm-hmm. sauce. secret sauce. It's called just like entertainment. And so I'm like we need to hook them first. So after Dirk shot for 15 minutes and passed with flying colors and you Yeah, it's frustrating. Yep. You did awesome. I'm like just start messing with him a little bit and take a couple shots thinking nothing of it. Dude. Yeah. He got in your dome. Oh, you don't want to admit it. He got in your dome. You had to let down. Like you're sitting there and he's like tapping your bill hard. with the. No, I
3: let down because I was not going to, I was not going to let him make me rush the shot. Okay. I was just like, okay, I've held my bow long enough. I can't do this anymore. I'm going to let down. I'm going to start over because I'm not going to let him say, ha ha, gotcha. You you rushed that (laughs) shot. I wasn't, I was like, no, I'm not going to let him have that. So
1: you had an F.U. Turner factor. Oh yeah. Yeah. So explain the F.U. Turner factor because like you're right. Joel, Joel has mellowed out a little bit, um, but man, he was never mellow at the first campaign Oh, he, was, he killed people. Yeah. He was so
2: Captain Whoopass. Yeah, and yeah. Like,
3: that, it was like
1: he was out on the internet, and I just played him messing with people and harping on people and making them mad. And the comments are hilarious on the video. No, I, I've read those no, comments. I've, they're I've a, heard they're the people best. say it. That like, guy's an asshole. Oh, yeah, it's so great. But he went straight
2: from messing with people to making them write their name without really explaining. Like it was, it was back to back F U J T, and and yeah, I I thought your buddy Tyler Denham, I thought he was gonna choke him. Uh, like <laughs> and Tyler was so <laughs> mad. Like who is uh, this jerk, Dan? Where did you bring me? Um, it was fantastic. I loved it. But
1: but he's got a way of doing it. It's a it. method. It's, it's a the method, method to his
3: madness. Yeah. He wants to show you the light and that's how that's how he does it.
1: And it's pretty it's exciting brilliant. To see. Yeah. Cuz it actually is annoying because by the end of the camp he has stolen all the glory.
2: Oh yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: They learn how to call from you. They don't even bring that up. They don't like I taught him some awesome nutrition fitness stuff. They don't bring it up. You showed him some physical fitness and discipline. Yeah. That's going to help them in the long run. They're like Joel Turner saved my life. Like mm-hmm. I can't shoot a bow now, and they're just like, we shouldn't. Why did we even <laughs> show
2: up? Wrinkle, yeah, man. yeah. God, F that guy, right? JT, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we love um, you, brother. When you're, listening, you're coming to all four elk shape camps. Yeah. Year. He that's camp that's year. Camp
1: yeah, yeah, he better. That's yeah, good. He really does. Um, so we're gonna work through that.
3: Dude, Joel. Joel's cool. Oh, yeah. why does he's, a, he's the that? he's like the unsung hero. I don't know he's like the most underrated dude he's the he's, worst self promoter he's not a good self promoter he's Which a, makes he's cool a super mm-hmm. he's a great guy mm-hmm. he hung with us all weekend. not a bad thing to say about the guy fun yeah laughy jokey yeah. I mean he comes he's across a little jokes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah and, they're, and, and he, they're dumb we're like sixteen and you year old school making boys, fun right? of him and you're alive to tell about it yes. like that dude could kill you in so many ways and so, yeah. And he just he just laughed it off like salt of the earth as good a dude as I it made comes. fun of him a yeah. lot yeah in a joking
3: loving way but yeah. if he'd, have been, fruitful, like, if he'd so- have been like if he'd have been like if he'd have been like some people maybe he gets that whole stern like that whole thing you know that that those other videos you talk about like yeah. messing with people he comes across like he's a little bit like cross or you know stiff necked or whatever but no he's not that way at all it's 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 crazy. And the way he took, you know, the crap we gave him.
2: Oh, dude, he's a saint. Yeah. I love that guy. <laughs> we, we we did. got in his head a little bit. He wasn't <laughs> doing quite as much cap at <laughs> <it> the last camp. <laughs> <game. So laughs> can I stand up before he's about to go water? Hey, guys, Joel Turner,
1: he's going to tell you a bunch of stuff, and I don't agree with any of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's a great oh, he's good, oh, good egg. He's yeah. a great egg. Oh, yeah. So four camps, and we're kind of – like we've built enough momentum behind elk shape and the camp and we know what we're putting out yeah so like i think we might get to the point where we can kind of hand pick where we go based on what like who's going to help us provide the best overall experience because you're not signing up for a camp to just help you kill up like hopefully you're signing up because you want the true experience and have it like catapult something like a catalyst in your life to make some positive changes not only in hunting, but in everything you do. Right. So right now leading the charges I think we're going to probably go to Texas. I can't say where yet, but it's definitely going to be back in Texas for one of them. We have a pretty amazing opportunity there. Yeah. not leak that information yet. Ink is not dry, but man that look like that's the best thing ever. Yeah, we're going to have to put a cap on that one.
2: Uh, like a limit because that that is going to be one of the best experiences people can go have the, Um, that time of year Texas it's going to be phenomenal yeah
1: and I guarantee Joel will be signing up oh yeah. On board for that, yeah for what's involved Yeah, um, you know yeah,
3: I think you know some of these camps we've had a missing link like there was just something missing and but then some of the camps we brought it in guess who that was Jimmy kids
2: yeah. Oh,
3: you know, on podcasts, you hear it all the time. You hear people talk about it. You see videos on YouTube. Be like, you know, when Dave Brinker got stabbed by his own arrow, right? In the leg. You know, everybody's like, well, what kind of medic kit did you guys have? They didn't have jack shit, really. For a, Well
1: When I stabbed my hand this year on YouTube and had to, it was bad. You didn't have uh, a medic kit? Yeah, I did. But so not, not legit. Like not I had stolen you. some stuff. It's well, yeah, some band-aids I had some stuff and an aspirin. From the fire and uh, <laughs> I had some stuff and I was, I was at EMT at the time. I knew stuff. But honestly, honestly, um, the comments on the video wasn't like, because uh, I killed a bull. It wasn't like how far the shot or how far to go or how far was your pack out. It was like, what would you have in your backpack? Like they wanted to know, like, so what were you prepared for this? And uh, that's cool because it's on people's radar.
3: Right. And here's the thing. Here's my whole point. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, you guys got to have a good safety kit, medic medic kit, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Do you know how to use it? But but nobody ever says, what the hell's in the kit? Mm -hmm. I mean, is it Band-Aids and freaking dinosaur vitamins? I mean, what is it? Well, guess what? Jimmy comes to camp, knocked my socks off. He's like, guys, this is... This is what I've been through. This is what I've seen. This is how we have fixed things. This is what you need in your backcountry medical kit.
1: He kind of doesn't do a good enough job telling people like what he's seen, what he's done. Like he doesn't really he's too humble. He's like, uh, "I've kind of been in overseas and been in the battlefield." He's not like what I would be like, "Uh listen up, dude. How many of you guys are spec ops and been on some crazy shit and seen things get blown up including human beings? How and people die in your start arms? The bleeding. How many of how, yeah. how many how many
2: lives eyes. have you saved? Yeah.
1: Um. The answer would be like nobody. Oh so, yeah. Shut your mouth! I know more than you, and listen up.
2: Jimmy's not that, not
3: that not kind Jimmy. of guy, though. No, <laughs>
2: no,
1: he's
3: so
2: humble. And, and here's the cool part: is when we first did that camp, you and I were talking about this. Like, okay, Jimmy's coming. This guy reached out. He wants to talk about this stuff. We're like, oh, geez, here comes another stage nine. Stage nine is code word for Klingon, <laughs> um, and so so we we have code words They're like Armageddon, Armageddon, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I, did, thought was, did, I thought it, had, it was you, Spumani, it's Spumani, <laughs> Spumani. <Yeah. laughs>
1: so Just all that means is you're kind of cornered. Yeah, and the individual talking to you doesn't have like social skills. So yeah, you're like, hey, remember, it in happens. Our conversation. I got to move on to the next thing.
2: Like yeah, we got to get to get home, get so prepared for the next Jimmy day. He might
1: be one of those. And then he shows up and he blows everyone's socks off. And blew
2: my mind. And yeah. he can't be at enough camps at this point. Like we He's
1: made it to three out of seven It's and and pay for his own travel. Yeah. His own like flying in
2: unassuming, tossing. humble, like as good of person as you come.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think Jimmy kits is going to be the next big thing. If you guys, yeah. like, well, what's a Jimmy kit? Um,
3: it's not what you had when you're 16 years old, heading to prom. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. Hey, <laughs> Talk about prom a lot. <laughs> and hey, 16. I feel like you know, that's what? a 16-year-old <laughs> <defining, laughs> dividing moment, you know, the the highlight of the year. I
1: had a senior asked me to prom when I was 16. I was a sophomore. And wow. I said yes.
3: Wow. That a boy. She must have been shorter than you. Bragger. <laughs> 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 uh.
2: That's
3: called a humble brag. Yeah, it is. Yeah.
1: Hey, who, back to Jimmy Kitts. Like, I got one in front of me. Um, this is gonna change the game. It's gonna elevate. I'm not sure when they're coming out, the price points and all that stuff. But like, the first thing I see is that it's got a like legitimate tourniquet, which everybody cannot deny. You have to have a tourniquet. You use yeah. tourniquets. The fire departments, the EMS, we all use tourniquets. They don't. They they're not gonna break your like. You're not gonna lose a limb. You're actually gonna save a limb. Use a tourniquet. Know how to use a tourniquet.
3: Yeah. Until I heard Jimmy talk about tourniquets and what he's seen, what he's done. I've heard all this tourniquet shit that's like, yeah.
0: no, no, you don't want to
3: do a tourniquet unless you're just ready to die. I mean, there's more to
1: it than that, guys.
3: His message is, it's gold. It's gold.
1: And then, you know, you have to be able to stop the bleed. Like, that's so important. Like, you leak too much fluid from the container, you won't have a container left. It's mm-hmm. going to be dead. The heart's going to stop. Uh, hypovolemic shock is a thing. That's actually how we kill animals. Mm-hmm. We, we have them leak from two holes from a fixed broad head. Uh, with an arrow that's somewhere between 400 and 550 grains, with um, a 15%. Well, if you center. don't have adult arrows, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, long story short, <laughs> Sam kits, all that kind of stuff. Like, this thing is so legit, and it's for me, it's peace of mind. I fortunately have reps with everything in the kit, but guess what, Dirk? I my my EMT expired, and there's this weird thing like if you don't use it. You lose it. You lose it. Hmm. And so regardless of all the training and hours, and I've taken the EMT test, fortunately for me, three times. In person, uh, in front of a whole board of people, passed. Written, passed, but it was in Idaho. Got hired in Washington. Had to go take it again because no reciprocity between the two states at the time. So took that test. uh, And then uh, didn't get enough hours. Expired. Had to take it again. So I've had, I've taken the written three times, the actual practical exam once, passed it every time, could not pass either right now. Hmm. Not two years later. Yeah. You don't You don't have reps. And so one thing that Jimmy always says at camps that applies for everything we do at UpShape Camp, people will have this like grander idea that, you know what? I don't practice shooting my bow at a high heart rate and, and I punch the trigger, but when a bull steps out, the 30 yards, I'm gonna rise to the occasion. Yeah. Surprise, <laughs> MFR. Yeah.
3: Surprise, mother. <laughs>
1: you're actually gonna fall back to your highest level of training. Yep. And if your highest level of training was in your backyard in flip flops without a backpack on, without a vinyl harness, and no wind, um, you know, you're not gonna, it's not gonna go well. Same with the medical side of stuff. Like if you actually don't take this bag, Open it up. Watch Jimmy's videos and actually practice on your significant other. Um, and, and the reason why I carry a medical kit this robust in the backcountry is because a lot of times I hunt with my father. He's sixty-five. Yeah. And it's really it's less about you and it's more about who are you hunting with. That's why you should be in shape. That's why you should stay disciplined. That's why you should practice this stuff. I'm going to get off the soapbox, but like you actually owe it to your peers because technically you're supposed to be a trustworthy peer. And to me, somebody who's trustworthy is somebody who could help save my life when I needed it. Mic drop. Boom. Okay. There it
2: is. I like it.
1: Yeah, so we'll, we'll share you guys more about, we're going to get Jimmy on the podcast, uh, Jimmy Kitt, and uh, we'll get him to talk all about it, upcoming episode, and he can drop, I mean, the name of the company is Orion Medical Consulting. He is a spec ops guy with so much, I'm actually going to get his full story on the podcast and um, we'll, we'll kind of understand his why and where you can get them, but everyone needs a Jimmy kit, if you know what I mean? Absolutely. And how to use it. Oh, for sure. So tomorrow, what have we, what have we got left at x camp?
2: We got to hit e-scouting, man. That, that changes people's worlds. Like I, they, they hear you talk about e-scouting, how you, you know, everybody thinks you work out and shoot your bow all the time, but you e-scout five times more than all of those things combined. I think that is like
3: a mind blowing thought. Right. Mm-hmm. Everybody sees Dan shooting and working out. Mm-hmm. Wrap your head around that. You e-scout more than those two things combined.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: That's incredible. And it incredible. goes back
1: to what I sacrificed. I used to be, If I like physical scouting. I don't live in the Midwest. I don't live on the East coast. The mountains are not that far. I can be in Montana in three hours. I can be in Idaho in 20 minutes. I can be to Oregon in an hour and a half. I could be to Utah in 10 hours. I could be to, well, Arizona and Mexico is a little bit longer drive, but bottom line is like those, those, those states near me are within like a legitimate three day yeah, weekend. It's reasonable. I could cover some ground. I could find some breeding benches and some old sign from last year. I could learn the lay of the land. I could learn the roads. I could learn the trailheads, but I'm married to a pretty understanding woman who puts up with how much I hunt, but I have little ones as well. Is that fair? For me to go do all this scouting from afar, probably not. Not if I want to tip the scales in my favor, which means that I can hunt guilt-free. And I can hunt my best when I am hunting guilt-free. So, I gave up real scouting for e-scouting. And it's hasn't hurt me at all. So, e-scouting is huge. Dirk, you're one of the guys that I've actually probably, probably started e-scouting before I did. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. There was a time when you had a real job and you were good at your real job and you had two computer monitors. I'm not going to say where you were employed, but <laughs> you might have been paid to e-scout quite a bit. Oh, like, yeah. Like, what did you do? What were you doing on your e-scouting back then? What do you do now that you did do then as well? Like, what has carried like, the lived, test
3: of time? I lived and live on Google Earth. Hmm. I feel like it's like you find all the little secret Heidi holes, elk live with Google Earth. It's that good. Once you get it dialed in, you know, you have to set your terrain features so you get the right amount of- Exaggeration. M- exaggeration of steepness to the mountains, right? Okay. Fly you fly over
1: speed dialed.
3: Yeah, you you find, you, if you just open it up, you're just bl- a blank canvas. You know, you're going to be like, oh, this looks really good. Mm -hmm. But when you get there, it's going to be steep as the back of your head. And you thought, wow, that looked like a gentle ridge on Google Earth. I mean, that's, so you know, cracking into into Google Earth right off the bat. You need to set some parameters. Um, That way you have a realistic view of what you're looking at. And then you start making marks at every single interesting place there is. Um, I used to do it the hard way. Um As far as taking my little um, spots, waypoints, whatever you want to call them markers, I would pull up on x in one screen, mm-hmm. Google Earth in the so other I would one
1: match them up like visually and
3: I would click on the marker, pull it up, copy and paste
1: your longitude latitude yes okay
3: in in on x, push go, and then make a marker there. Mm. It was so dumb! I wasted so much time when if I'd have known you that.
1: Figured it out. When did you figure out to transfer waypoints like KLM here pilots? a couple of
3: years
2: ago at Elk Shape Camp?
1: Oh, really?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's
3: that, that was a
1: confession. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I learned something today. Like you rocked my world today when you were talking about looking at bedding areas for for bulls and elk, mm-hmm. and you said you look at the train feature and you look for those little tiny benches and stuff on the northeast faces and all of that. And then you switch to satellite view, and you look for the patch of of the darkest timber on that little bench. The most mature timber on that bench. I like. The light bulb went off. I was like, "That's freaking genius."
1: One time he was showing like you know how Dirk and I stay up late when you go to bed and we like talk about elk hunting all night? Yeah. You get better and you just go to bed. I'm pretty sure you guys are up here touching (laughs) tips.
2: So I like I give you some privacy (laughs) so that the (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) That's like that was a A micro (laughs) tip that was a hurtful tip and unkind.
1: Guilty as charged. I like staying up late. I like talking about elk hunting with Dirk till the wee hours of the night because we got a lot in common. Yeah, We love elk hunting.
3: We, we don't even hunt together. No. But we sit around and giggle like two little schoolgirls.
1: And it's cool because you were showing me a video clip of where you killed this mega giant bull in a really shitty unit in maybe Idaho, maybe North Idaho, right. way back when it was good. Um, and you were like, yeah, man. And you showed me an actual video on your iPhone of you panties, like, yeah, I knew he was right here. And you pointed... And it was like all this timber. It was a sea of timber like you would imagine in Idaho. But there was definitely a patch of mature standing timber. And you were like, yeah, I knew he was in that stand right there. I'm just like, wow. Dirk, you just elevated my game. Like, yeah, you actually can predict where elk want to bed based on the maturity of the trees in that specific region. Yep. Same situation, but yep. like in real life. He should yeah. be a, a pan video And it was like a thousand years across the canyon, but you knew right where the bull would want to be. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to tell you, friends, if you're listening, trying to get an elk nugget out of this. Killing elk is all about knowing what elk want to do before they even do it. It's like the ultimate odds multiplier is understanding elk behavior. And they're all pretty predictable once you start to kind of, you know, figure out their country, their region, how they like to make a living. And it's all about paying attention, right?
3: All these years, hunting, okay? You as you traverse the backcountry and you find where Elk bed, stop, look around, where are they? Okay? It's usually a little little bench, might be a micro bench, it might be twenty yard a twenty yard bench. But it's comfortable. It's comfortable. But then you look at the trees where they're where where they bed, right? Yep. They're usually the the most mature stand of timber in that particular North face, right? And it looks like a barnyard under there. And why is that? It's because the tallest trees, they're surrounded, they're gonna have all day shade in those spots. Yep. They're not gonna get, you know, three o'clock, two o'clock, one o'clock. They don't have to to re-bed. They're not gonna have the sun beaming down on them. It's nice and cool in those places. And those and if you look in let's take it a step further, those elk, you can find these bedding areas. They've been bedding there since the dawn of time. They've been bedding there. Yeah. Since elk have been elk there. Yeah. It's not like, oh, well, you know, 100 years ago, they bedded over there. As long as there's been trees in that spot on a north face, that's that's where they bed.
1: Yeah.
2: It's gold.
1: It's pure gold. And it's actually nice when you can pull up that terrain feature, drop a pin on your Onyx, and hit start tracking. And then you can kind of get an idea of like, okay, we need to get the wind right. But there's some obvious beetle kill right here. Let's go ahead and skirt that beetle kill unless you want to do downfalls for time. Right. Which I certainly
2: don't. <laughs> downfalls for time.
1: Uh, yeah. That's a... Yeah. So, I don't know, man. I, iron sharpens iron. If some, if if we combined all our years of elk hunting and how many elk we've killed, and you're telling me we're still learning from each other at these camps, then I guess it suffice to say that uh, you never know it all when it comes to elk hunting.
3: Oh, 100%. Every year I learn something new.
2: This is a That's journey. That's the cool part. It's a journey. Yeah. There is There is no end. To this, this knowledge—it's like a shocker.
3: There is no end.
2: <laughs> 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 no, let's leave that. That's, it's cold. <laughs> Behind the scenes, folks. <laughs> oh. That was an
3: IPA.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs>
2: no dinner. No. Yeah. What are we four IPAs deep? Okay. We're not-
1: so Jessica followed her arrow. She and I met for the first time actually one week ago in Texas. She was working at the Hunt and Fool, uh booth. I was hanging out podcasting at Numa's booth. Turns out her boss, Jared Lyle, one of my best buds in the industry, known him forever. And so I went over and started talking and then he introduced me to her, Braxton, her husband and her and we gets talking and we like hit it off and I was like, uh, you guys want to record a podcast right now? This is like going really good. And they're like. Yeah, why not? So they came over. We recorded a podcast. It was great. We talked about a little bit of elk and She was like, I'd love to come to a camp. Um, I'm like, well, funny you mention that. I'm going to Utah next weekend. Yeah. What are you doing? And she's yeah. like, let me check. I'm open. I'm like, you're invited. So we brought her along. I always like, I'm looking for more females to come to elk shape camp. I want more lady elk killers out in this world. The world needs that. And um, I got to say, guys. Uh, she gets a lot of shit on social media. Like this one guy making Hunt something great again. He's got it out for her. He's constantly like giving her a bad time. Um, And maybe some of it's like warranted. I certainly haven't seen that from what I've seen. She shoots better than anybody at this camp under high pressure shots. She's got a really good shot process. She's killed three bulls. Um, And... Uh, She was in the
3: elk calling instructional part? Yes. She killed it.
1: She, she sounds can, great she can call. She makes all the sounds. Yeah, we,
3: we yeah, her and the rest of the campers worked on some a few things and she sounded great. I mean and I'm not just saying that to be a nice guy. I'm
1: I know you wouldn't. Just I mean she that, yeah. she's
3: legit, like like in a nice person, like knowledgeable, well spoken, not some stupid bimbo.
1: No, that, she's got more some, Instagram followers yeah. than probably you and me combined, yeah, but it don't matter. Right. She's not like about that. Her ego doesn't exist. She's here to learn. She's been really cool to have at camp. And I like talking behind her back because she'll probably hear this. Yeah. But man, I tip my hat to her. Like she's been a really good part of this camp. Absolutely. I've known,
2: I've known Jessica and Braxton for five or six years now. And they're as good of Texans as they can come. Like they are legitimately good dudes. And she, she's a badass. She's like a straight up killer. She went from, you know, the Texas style of hunting over bait and all that stuff to straight up killing elk. And she's been on a murder spree. And, uh, Like as far as people that have influence, I am I'm so happy that she's out there having an impact in the industry because um I use her and I I talk about her with my daughter and point at her and say, Look, this is what you could do. You could go out there and be like Jessica and Jessica'll send her messages and stuff and and, oh oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're
1: no, she's not fake. No, no, no,
2: No. No, she's She's a good role model. Good look role model for girls. Yeah.
1: No, No, she's not a huntress. I don't don't think, think She's she's a, a hunter, badass killer. I'd go, I'd go hunting with her. There, I said it. Like she's legit.
2: Yeah, and her husband's just as cool a dude. Yeah, like I, he he is legit laid back, good
1: Texas. People. Why is it
3: so many people from Texas are good people? Uh, I like uh, Texas people.
1: I said it. it it's if the they're people it's, last weekend. I said if you guys had mountains, I'd live here. You don't have income tax. You'll yeah. Income tax. Yeah. Property tax sucks a little bit. But yeah, just a if bit. If you had mountains, I'd move here. Because yeah. just, I like the vibe. I like yeah. the vibe. The folks are
2: good. Texas will change your life. Like, it, it changed my life. I only spent four years there, and the people I know all have lifetime friendships. Um, yeah. Love you, Texas.
1: This camp's been cool because we got here early and we went and hung out with Dirk's cousin. Does, any, does everybody know that Evan Hafer is Dirk's cousin? I think everybody knows who Dirk is, but not everybody knows who Evan Hafer is. So we should tell them who Evan is. It's kind of a big I'm deal. I'm sure that everybody knows who Evan Hafer is. I'm it's joking. kind of a big deal. He's <laughs> got 1.5 million followers on Instagram. That's He's really. got a pretty good pretty good um, business. Multi-million side, dollar business. Side gig. Doing coffee.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, he kind of ruined me though. I'm pissed. Like Evan, if you hear this, I'm kind of frustrated with you, sure you because won't to this. Uh, you, but ahead. let's just be hopeful cuz I've had 3 cups of coffee uh, since oh, you made us coffee and nothing compares to your 195 degree temperature uh, 16 to 1 ratio pour over that you made me and that the
1: yeah specific like density of the granulation yeah. of the
2: coffee and the grind and and the roast and the bouquet the bloom if you will the bloom, the um, bloom. Initially. yeah and he he knew by how much it bloomed by how old the coffee was from its roast it's a fact it's, so
1: he did make us and we did film it for youtube but it's like the chemistry of coffee using a chemex uh, and then he told us that the coffee would taste like nothing we've ever tasted before, as in not bitter. Yeah. And then we proceeded to drink the smoothest cup of coffee we've ever had in our life.
2: It was fantastic.
1: And he's like, that's how you drink high-end coffee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, Folgers?
3: Yeah, you put it through your automatic coffee maker. Sure, fine. But if you want to extrapolate every bit of the goodness out of high-end coffee, that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. And
1: do you guys have K-Max? Po- no.
3: No. You can't even spell Chemex.
1: Yeah. Okay. I do have one. Um, I have like all the things. The one tip I picked up is I have been doing a pour over when I'm feeling fancy. And uh, feeling I actually, fancy. when I'm feeling fancy, but I am straight up blue collar. Like I'll drink Folgers. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But I would definitely taste the difference between that and black right. hundred percent.
2: If it's warm and brown, it's down.
1: Okay. We'll forget you said that. But <laughs> um, the Chemex, back to the Chemex pour over. I like to do that for when, like, my dad comes over or a guest comes over. I like yeah. to show off a little. Yeah. Real yeah. yeah. And treat, kind of, him, treat him nice. Treat him nice. Uh, the one thing that I've been failing to do is, like, not getting the water to stay hot. Like, mm. he dumped out what I would – he made his first pour over. It's the bloom. It's a 30 – like, your initial pour. And then you give it 30 seconds and let it bloom. Um. He, the water cooled down below 195 yet, and that's not. it's a- like 180,
2: it's like, 194 and a half. Throw this off. shit out. This is out the door. <laughs> Grab
1: the new hot water. Yeah. I was like oh, and I think that was the thing that I have been not doing. Um, and I really did taste the difference. Not to sound like a sophisticated hipster, because I ain't. I was impressed.
2: But you did ask about origami, and so and I th- he did fold his <laughs> yeah, pretty legit. yeah. I'm
1: like. I'm like Dirk when he wipes. I'm like just, <laughs> just,
2: a just his giant two-year-old wad. Did you see that? Wow.
3: Wow. <laughs> did you
1: see Wow, that? really? <laughs> Ouch. <That's an> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you about uh-huh. um, But no, the he did do origami. Hey, your cousin Evan is the CEO of a pretty fancy pants company. And he so had a, I don't
3: think they're fancy pants at all.
1: Well, they're actually really legit. There's Black Rifle right. Coffee, actual brick and mortars going up left and right. Um, yeah. They sell a boatload of coffee. They give back a ton of veterans. They're giant, like, on social media. They make the best content out there. And he has a guest that was supposed to be recording a podcast with him for their podcast, Free Range American. And he, he hit pause. He told his assistant and his assistant's assistant, stop the presses. My cousin Dirk's here. And he like rolled out the road. Like we had him all to ourselves. He gave us an entire tour of the facility. Yeah. Showed us his graphic artists, all the artwork that they make. Gave us a tour of the layout, went to the gym, showed us his like every upstairs office. Like um,
2: Nothing was rushed. It was like two hours.
1: He gave like two hours of his time that he probably didn't have to give. He didn't have to give.
3: No. When you're the CEO of
1: a company that size, I mean, you don't.
3: You don't have any, like, you know, squirrels to chase Uh to the day. I mean, you have to be on time, on topic. You know, you have a schedule. And he dropped all of it and made us feel really welcome, which that was awesome.
2: You can see how good of a leader he is when you start to look at the caliber of people that he surrounds himself with. Like, meeting his art team just blew my mind. They The the talent that he has brought into that company.
1: And everyone's got a story of how Evan handpicked me. And saved my life and pulled me away from... I was miserable yep. and, and he gave me an opportunity. The one, his head artist guy, who's amazingly like making the coolest artwork. He was like, yeah, I got a DM from Evan Hafer from Black Rifle. I didn't even like... I thought it was fake. I didn't even open it for like a month. Turns out it was Evan saying, hey man, I really like your work. I'd like to talk to you about an opportunity working with company. And that guy now lives and works at HQ. Like, how cool is that? Yeah. It's unbelievable. Um, do you want to tell any stories about Evan? Or Would you rather have
2: Evan here? I'd rather
3: talk. I'd rather tell a story about Evan when we have him here, so he can try to try to defend himself. But (laughs) uh, yeah, yeah, maybe the time he tried to burn down the swimming pool,
2: um, the public swimming pool, (laughs) and I took the rap because I'm older.
3: (laughs) Might have been the worst ass beating I ever had in my life. I don't know. So he owes me.
1: Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I, I hope so. I
3: hope oh, so. Cause that'll be fun. We'll hold out in uh, case we might get that
1: opportunity. But you
3: know what? That whole him showing us the pour over to the Chemex thing. I'm just... Listen. I'm the biggest naysayer, skeptic, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what is this fancy pants bullshit, right? Yeah. Okay. Then he explains it. La, 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 la. You know. And I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. And then, when he said the reason why the person who actually developed this way of making coffee was a chemist, mm-hmm. okay,
1: it's the name Chemex, right?
3: Chemex. It's
1: shaped like a B. I guess it's kind
3: of like yeah. And then what? Where he got he got me, and he got me good. He's like, because it is so difficult to replicate the perfect cup of coffee over and over and over again. That spoke to me. Mm-hmm. Here's why. My wife, she says, I'm a little picky. I'm super picky. Like, I I like to say I'm discerning. You you have some people that, you know, pour their cream and sugar in their coffee and they don't even measure the shit. I mean, some people don't even pour cream and sugar in their coffee. But the point is, I'm like, I want to replicate. I want, once I find something good, I want it good every time after that. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste the resource, whether it's elk steak, whether it's... A cup of coffee. I want it to be good. Like I had it the last time.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, and maybe I have that as a, like, I that's maybe one of my biggest faults, right? Because I, I can maybe sometimes take it over the top. But anyway, that spoke to me like, oh, now I get it. Because I never did get it before. The whole Chemex thing, like, yeah, so what? It's freaking coffee. Oh, yeah, well, it's not bitter. Whatever. At that point, replicating the perfect cup of coffee that you like. Measure everything out exactly. And then once you find what you like, write down that recipe,
2: boom. Then you have the perfect cup of coffee forever.
1: Blueprint it.
3: That mm. right
1: there. Put it to work. Got yeah. it. Got me. Yeah.
2: You're now, a, it was, you're now a hipster.
1: Yep. I don't even know how to grind a bean. I mean.
2: <laughs> I don't believe that. I bet you, you know, know how, know how, how to grind. <laughs> yeah. He
1: can send you this kit that he sent me that's like, I don't know, pretty much anyone can do it. I mean, you can pick a setting if you want to do a pour over and, it, and hit the grind button. It grinds them for pour over. If you're going to put them in the old coffee maker, you hit that button. It's, it's pretty, like they're pretty hip and they're making coffee cool. And honestly, coffee's kind of an important deal for me. I don't care about much in the morning other than drinking coffee um, and then everything else can go.
3: Well, you yeah. know me,
1: I'm not a morning guy. And I don't. Really. I don't know if
3: I could take that amount of level of first precision. want to
1: figure that out. Did you realize that today's the first camp out of seven where I'm like, you know what, Dirk? Maybe we shouldn't have you start out first and thing in the morning. <laughs> I don't seven <laughs> camps, and I finally figured out uh, the person. So I was like, Dirk, we're going to change the schedule. I got the morning. You will give you, and then it worked out. Great.
3: Yeah, I'm not a morning guy. I don't unless ta- it's elk hunting. I don't like to. Well, I don't even like for elk hunting. Don't talk to me until ten. Fair enough. Or so. I I need to like get things going in my head. Don't ask me a bunch of questions. I'm not trying to be a dick. I just, I don't work that way. After a certain time in the morning though, you might want to tell me to shut up because at that point I'm like probably talking too much, Mm -hmm. but it's just the way I roll. So we're Mm going to go
1: super camps in 2022. We're thinking four. We're going to try to get everybody that subject matter expert wise to help. And we'll want to facilitate 50-ish campers and have an experience including food community some like we just want to make it a three-day full event yep can you play guitar
3: can you play guitar i'd Um, love it if you'd play a guitar around the fire maybe sing (laughs) sing uh you know a little simple man mama told me (laughs) when i was young i can just see it now around a campfire a little 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 strumming on a guitar dude that's uh, so romantic i
2: feel like he's more of like a Turntable kind of guy. Like, mm-hmm. I bet he's got some old raps. I'm pretty no, sure. Ricky Rickett, Elkman. Yeah. Like Ricky yeah. Rickett, man Ilk Man <laughs>
1: By the way, Jim Huntsman has a podcast. Yeah. Hmm. He's a good dude. I don't know if he listens to this one. Don't matter. You got to listen to that one. <laughs> you and.
3: <laughs> That's why I love Jim so much.
1: He made a freaking Vanilla Ice ripoff. Beat. <laughs> which ice ripped that beat off of.
3: Of, uh, was it David, David Bowie? Bowie? Yeah. Uh,
1: so he ripped off David Bowie and Vanilla Ice, yeah. <laughs> and he utilized elk sounds. <sighs> and it's the greatest thing ever. And you guys haven't got the audio yet from that?
3: No, I need. He, he's got it. He just got to. I just have to ask him Jim, for it. Jim, if
1: you're it. listening for some odd reason, you get that <laughs> can
3: it, please, smile, yeah. damn it, the send that yes. to yes, dirt because you need I go, break I need break that. the internet. I need. I I've internet. got some video that needs that kind of music to back it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and
1: it's like there's like yeah, I can't even. It's ice ice baby, but it's with bugles. I mean, it's and it's legit. It's so entertaining. It's like awesome. That's
3: why I love Jim. Him yeah. and I are like two stupid idiot goofballs i mean that's why we headed off
1: that's cool <laughs> anything else you guys want to shit chat about that's right, yeah. we got I, nothing i have to pee all right guys i hope the audio was okay good enough for you to like catch some of that golden nuggets in there There was some good information some fun. Those guys are awesome. A little bit of swearing. Sorry if your ears are sensitive to that, but all in good taste, really having a great time with those guys. Uh, That wraps up Elk Shape Camp 2021. 2022, I'm actually already working with companies and trying to make it like probably way, way bigger and better, not only from a standpoint of holding more athletes, but bigger venues and a better overall experience, more community driven. We're going to try to make them three days long, And, um, I just think it's a life changing experience. You, you gotta come check it out if you haven't already. And if you're interested, find someone who's attended it and ask them how it went for them. Today's podcast is brought to you by crispy boots, crispy USA out of Utah, made in Italy. Uh, no break in period with those boots. Check them out. If you're in the boot market, go to blackos.com use discount code ElkShape on any purchase and you'll get 10% off. A few exclusions apply. Uh, the Elk Collective, that's my baby bird, that's my pet project, that's my side hustle, that is the digital online elk hunting resource for all with several successful elk hunters coming on and showing the way they do it, where they hunt, their, t- their techniques, their methods, their experience. Check it out today. Use discount code Podcast, all one word, knock 25 bucks off. Last but not least, Northwest Retention Systems. Out of Washington State, they make the chest holster I use. It's called The Scout. Check it out. Throw in the discount code, OakShape. Save 10%. No shipping and handling. Five-day lead time. You'll love it. Be safe out there, guys. I'm bear hunting right now as you listen to this. Hopefully, you're doing the same or turkey hunting or getting ready for elk season. Either way, tip the scales in your favor. Find out what your significant other's September is. My wife's is projects, so I'm helping her with projects. That's what we got to do. Balance your family. Be the best version of yourself and remember, separation is in the preparation.